Hi, it's Paul Coker here, and this evening I'm here with Charlotte Hurst. Uh, Charlotte lives with type 1 diabetes, and she's going to share with us her amazing success of some recent uh, sports challenges that she's been doing. And uh, yeah, so over to you, Charlotte. So um, tell us a little bit about your diagnosis and how long you've been living with type 1 diabetes. Okay, firstly, thank you very much, Paul, for having me on. I'm um, very grateful. Um, so I was diagnosed with diabetes at the age of 28. So that was back in 2008, two days before Christmas. I will never forget it. I'm sure none of us forget the day we were diagnosed. Um, I had just entered a triathlon Ironman. I was probably in the most uh, um, peak condition I'd ever been in in my adult life. Um, and you know, variety of symptoms uh, led me to getting, uh, getting to the doctor's got a blood test. And actually it was probably caught quite early. I wasn't hospitalized or anything like that. Uh, so very, very lucky. But that was back in 2008. Um, I am a very stubborn person and just thought I'm not going to let diabetes stop me. But it, I handled it in a really negative way initially and probably for 10 years. Um, I tried to control it, didn't learn enough about it, refused to learn enough about it because I thought I've got to deal with this on a day to day basis as it is. I don't want to waste any more time learning about it. Um, really kind of pushed back against what everyone was telling me. Um, I spent a couple of years in France. I spent six years in uh, Southern Ireland. So didn't have the backup of our wonderful NHS. Um, and then I came back to the UK four years ago. And that is where everything changed for me um I've always been into sports always been into fitness um at school I played team sports I then kind of migrated into triathlons then with what well, I like I said I'd entered the Ironman triathlon got diagnosed with diabetes and they just said look you can do it but you've got to just stop for three months let your body reset get your head around everything and of course when you, you when you stop something when you stop for three months and you know how hard you've worked to get there uh, it doesn't come easy again, starting, starting again. So I never, never got back to that point. Um, but I carried on with the running a little bit. Um, I stayed very active when I was in Ireland, albeit kind of mainly sort of walking and hiking and a little bit of trekking. And I was involved with some horses and bits and bobs like that. Um, did a couple of fun run type things. And then, yeah, when I came back four years ago, that's when it all changed. And re-registered with the um, doctors over here. Um, they finally got me onto the Daphne course, which I'd pushed back against, like I said, for over 10 years. And you know what? It was incredible. Like I kind of sat there in a bit of a sulk to start with thinking, I don't need to be here, you know, all big headed. And it was fronted up by the most amazing diabetes specialist nurse who she's now uh, my nurse. Um, and it was just fantastic. And it was an absolute turning point. Um, and since then, I have not looked back. The Freestyle Libre then came out just before, I think it was a year before COVID, wasn't it? Um, that was a massive game changer. Um, and I've gone from uh, using sort of um, manual injections to an Omnipod pump now because of all the sports I do. And it seems to work quite well. So that's kind of a little backstory of my diabetes. And now I use it in a really positive way. I'm not angry anymore. I don't push back. And actually, it's made me and it's got me to where I am now, which in a funny kind of way, I'm really grateful for. Uh, like my journey has been, when I look back, I just think, oh my God, what an idiot. 
um why you know you think you know better but it, sometimes just to stop and regroup and listen to the professionals is the is the best advice anyone could give <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing because i can connect with so much of what you're saying and i think most of us can you know that i think we all hear about diagnosis and we see people getting diagnosed but it takes so long to actually reach a point of let's say acceptance that we've got diabetes and that this is here for the long journey and that we can we can only we can only thrive by working with it rather than against it uh, my own personal belief on this is that education is the number one thing that we can do aside from having insulin to actually thrive with diabetes oh i 100% agree and 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 that was like the daphne course was so well constructed so well put together and so well so well delivered as well that you know they got doctors in and you know and it just covered every aspect and it was all about living normally with diabetes and that you can you know if you wanted to go and pig out on a cake you can if you want to go and fast for 24 hours you can you just got to handle it and it just takes a bit of organization and and that's and you know it was so it was just for the first time I heard someone talk about it as in real life and you know rather than someone just preaching out of a textbook or trying to you know I mean I hadn't listened many people before that but (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's the key isn't it that there are so many things that we can do we just need the strategies to be able to do them and and I think that brings us on nicely to let's talk about your recent success was it two weekends ago Um, yeah so two weekends ago um I did a uh, a two-day race so I'll give you another bit of a backstory so I have um entered the marathon de sable for next year oh amazing which, um, I, yeah so i don't know if any of your listeners are familiar with it but it's basically 250 kilometers across the sahara desert over six days carrying everything you need for those six days food included uh what's not included is they they do hand out water on occasion apparently <laughs> which is quite <laughs> handy uh and they do supply a bivouac tent which is um a big open-sided tent that you share with eight or nine other people um, so they kind of set up camp ready for when you get back each day. Uh, you pile in your tent, you cook for yourself, like everything you've got then to survive for the six, seven days is there with you. So not only have you got to do a marathon a day and on one day do a double marathon uh, across the desert, uh, you've also got everything on your back that you need. So from a diabetic point of view, you've got the worry of like, you know, hypo stuff and medication and insulin and it all surviving at temperatures kind of up to, you know, mid to late 40 degrees. So, um, so in preparation for that, so I've got a coach and he's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, he um, trained me up for, yeah, not the weekend just gone, but the weekend before that. And that was Race to the Stones, uh, a two day race. Um, and it was 50 kilometers Saturday, 50 kilometers Sunday. Um, basically running from somewhere near Oxford, I think it was Digkirk, uh, to Avebury Stones near Marlborough and across the Ridgeway. And oh my goodness, it was just fantastic. And camping overnight, they supplied food and oh, it was just absolutely fantastic. So I went to complete and I ended up winning <laughs> to the shock of <laughs> to the shock of me. Uh, to the shock of my congratulations uh, yeah thanks so it definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't um on the list of objectives and it's something I wasn't aware of until early on Sunday I went past the checkpoint and someone said oh you're at the moment you're leading lady uh and that, at that point it was 
I'm very competitive when I'm in that. It was a bit like red rag to a ball. So uh, that was it. It was like head down, grind it out. Uh, I stopped at one checkpoint to fill up the water and the rest I just kept going. And uh, it was a fantastic experience. Little bit sore afterwards, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Have you recovered yet? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just about back there. I just did a six mile run actually with someone uh, in the sun and the heat because what an opportunity to um, to experience what the heat does to the body uh, that we never normally get in this country. So whilst everyone, you know, telling everyone to stay indoors, I was actually outside running in the midday heat. But um, yeah, I did six miles and uh, it was, you know, not not anything too crazy. I think I'm nearly there with the recovery. It's, I've had a, I've had a really sensible couple of weeks, 10 days. Um, but I just like that's why the coach is so good. It takes all the thinking out of it. He just sets the plan and I just follow it. It's and I think we should just tell everybody that you are a chiropractor. So you've probably also been getting some uh, musculoskeletal therapy and treatment and, and other things in your recovery period as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got my own tools that I can use, which is like I've got the ice machine and the compression boots and the massage gun and the taping. I kind of do all that myself. And there was a really lovely, lovely lady down the road. Uh, we swap treatments and so um they're getting a little bit more regular and they're uh, we're both really busy uh, so they're now falling on a sunday and um but it's great she's so local so it just works really well yeah it's great and uh, it just means i can sort of help cover all bases for myself i also use um i get some soft tissue work done as well and it's all just really important it all just works together um and i just think you know i'm very very lucky touch wood I don't suffer with any kind of niggles, but I want to keep it that way. Uh, so, I do, so I do everything I can, yeah. I, I can appreciate it because back in 2016, 2017, I ran 40 half marathons in a year and I went around all of these different running coaches to help me prepare for it. And they were all saying to me, I can make you run, I can make you stronger, I can make you faster. And I heard the one that said, I can get you through it without an injury. <laughs> Yes, definitely <laughs> would go with that one. Brilliant. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, that's some Thank achievement. Thank you. Um, but nothing in comparison to what you, you've just done and what you've got coming up. I'm just humbled by that. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you manage your blood glucose levels on an endurance event like that, because it's extraordinary to do that. And how do you go about the strategies and techniques, you know, the fueling and yeah, it's it's really a, almost a trial and error exercise so you just learn as you go and I'm really really intuitive to what I'm eating when I'm eating it how is that affecting my blood glucose levels obviously the freestyle Libra has just made it so much more um you know those results uh, and, and being able to follow that the progress of your results so much so much more easy um compared to you know the pricking the fingers like yes you do it but you know stopping and doing it and trying to do it you it just just doesn't work as well so what I previously what I ended up doing was just pushing my blood's high getting through it and then sorting it out at the end now with the I've got the Omnipod dash system which is the pump so I've got a bluetooth driver um and then I've got my phone to scan over the freestyle libra and um I'm like jiggling that the whole time so I'll drop my basils for a bit sometimes I might drop them a little bit too low and then correct um and then sometimes i might not drop them enough and i have to take on more sugar but i basically set a rule of thumb that when i set out on a long run i've got 22 grams of carbohydrate whatever that is in form like it normally is in the form of either seven fruit pastels or four jelly babies uh or a, 
as uh, an SIS gel or gel or um, I found some really nice gluten free like gummies that are really, really easy to chew. So 22 grams of carbohydrate I take. I start every half an hour, um, one every half an hour. And then the longer the run, the shorter that gap gets. So I might end up doing it every 15, 20 minutes towards the end. Um, you know, as fatigue sets in, your muscles are craving more, your glycogen levels are depleted, um, all of that. So it, there's the massive kind of balancing it during the event, but you've got the time to do it because, you know, I had five hours on my feet um, each day of running. So it, it's important to try and get it right. At the second day, so overnight then, in between the two days, my blood sugars did pull down overnight, which I did expect maybe to not that extent. So when I wake up, I was kind of around the, you know, a great reading for the morning, you know, just over four. But um, it's too late to then go and start a run, you know, in the heat of that day. So I kind of was frantically sort of dropping my basils again, trying to take something on. I'm not good with running with stuff in my stomach either, which is, makes it all more challenging. I hear um, you. <laughs> yeah, it's horrendous. So I'm better off doing it fasted. Then I know what my blood glucose levels are doing. And then I can adapt and then I can take on the gel, you know, that way. Um, I did have a shake. So I, and I and I was fine then running with the liquid, if you know what I mean, rather than. So I got some calories in that were actually not mega high carbohydrates. I think there was about kind of 15 grams of carbohydrate in it. So not, not high, but there was some there to kind of fuel it, kick it up a little bit. And then I could sustain it um, and put me right for the kind of uh, rest of the running. So I'm learning is the short answer. Um, and, and it just depends, like, you know yourself, like it depends on the heat of the day, the time of the day, you know, the stress levels, the adrenaline, the how did you sleep the night before and how tired are you? Like all of that obviously comes into play. Time of the month, uh, you know, everything, everything. Uh, and that's why living with diabetes is such a challenge in itself. Um, but the, the whole thing about this is, is I love, learning about myself now and I love pushing it and discovering more and discovering what works and you know I know that you've spoken um historically a lot about insulin sensitivity and I can't agree more um that's what works for me it's getting to a point where uh you know you're more sensitive to insulin like as my weight drops as I get fitter um as you know we all know exercise improves insulin sensitivity uh, I tuck in the odd fasting day um once a week as well just to make sure my basal rates are right you know so I flip between a lot of different kind of techniques um I don't eat masses of carbs I know you're I know you're an advocate for that I do I do eat carbs in the lead up to the to the like the big you know multi-day racing um but I just find that I don't necessarily need them I feel okay if I if I feel low I take them like it's it's simple I, I do focus on protein um, without going too wild either. I just try and have a balanced, healthy, whole food, not processed, nothing refined uh, diet, clean. Well, I, I think that what it shows us is that there are lots of different strategies that we're all using. The more strategies that we have to pick from in our diabetes management toolkit, the better. And really, that's what I'm an advocate for because you know I talk about insulin sensitivity and I, talk, I do podcasts and I do coaching for people to go on to a whole food plant-based diet. My aim is not to turn everybody into a, a vegan or to whole food plant-based. My aim is to give people more strategies for their diabetes management toolkit. And that's all it's about. Um, and 
and I'm just thrilled to hear that you've got all of these strategies that you're using and rotating around to help you to manage your diabetes and to thrive. And, and that's just music to my ears. Um, right, so, no one size fits all, does it? We're all so different. Um, but it's, I think it's about being open and, and getting the information. And if you have all the information there, and you start playing with little bits and making little changes and seeing the effects and being intuitive about it, like, you know, if it, if it all helps or finding that bit that makes that bit easier or, you know, yeah, massive. Absolutely. Massive. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, your next challenge. You've already mentioned it, the Marathon de Sable, and you told us what it is. You know, it's this incredible 250 kilometres across the Sahara Desert. I can't even begin to imagine what that is like. I know people that have done it, but I, I can't imagine what it what it must be like. Um, but tell us a little bit more about that challenge and why are you doing it? How are you doing it? When are you doing it? And perhaps more so, importantly, how can we support you? Oh, thank you. So um, the challenge itself is the end of April, 2023. Uh, they tie in with Ramadan because they have a lot of people that help um, obviously with the logistics and putting the, the whole event on. Like there's a thousand runners that do it. So it's, you know, thousand runners out in the middle of the desert in the middle of nowhere. And they have the best, the top medical team. They have cardiologists. They have done. They have everything. Like it, it's it's self sufficient, but that it nothing is overlooked. Like everybody that I've spoken to says, the minute you get out there, you see where your money goes. And it is a hellishly expensive race to enter, um, but apparently, the minute you get out there, you appreciate where every cent of the money, or every penny of the money that you spent uh, has gone. So it's um, yeah, end of April next year. Um, why am I doing it? So um, my what? Basically, I'm just I'm just an ordinary person that's pigheaded. That that's me. And and I and I just want to put across that ordinary people can do extraordinary things. And yes, I I mean I'm very very excited about it. I entered it having been to the running expo and getting a bit of um, motivation from Kevin Weber. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he wrote a book, Dead Man Running. Uh, he's been di he's, he's diagnosed with terminal uh, prostate cancer. He's on chemo. He's done it five times whilst being on chemo. This, this man is amazing. And the money he has raised for charity is just nothing short of incredible. Anyway, I bumped into him without knowing who he was at the Running Expo. And he sold me his book, told me to enter it. I have been obsessed with the race for 15 years as well. Like, it's not like I... I plucked it out of the air and went oh yeah I'll do that um so he filled me with motivation so I got back home entered it straight away wake up the next morning and felt sick um I just thought oh my gosh what have I done um and then you start listening to podcasts you start reading books and you start chatting to people and you just discover this amazing amazing community of people that all God, you, apparently, you meet, like I've already met some amazing people that I know I will become very good friends with and close friends with over time. And, you know, it's that whole sense. So um, I kind of fell into it a little bit. Uh, what's the word? Spontaneously, maybe. Um, but since since I decided to do it, I have not regressed it. I've not regressed it since that first morning. Um and I so I want to spread the message that any you know anyone can do something like this. You have people that walk around and do this, and they complete it walking. You've got a camel that walks at the back, and you've got to beat the camel home basically. Um, so that's the broom wagon, um, and it, there, it's fairly kind of um, 
forgiving in that respect that you've got plenty of plenty of time to get through each stage um the other thing is is that diabetes doesn't need to stop you i didn't let diabetes stop me but i handled it in a very negative way i've now that switch is totally um i flicked that switch totally uh 180 degrees and that in a very positive way i've like grabbed the ball by the horns and i've been like right i'm managing you you're not managing me and uh and since doing that since doing the daphne course four years ago and getting a real handle on it and and learning all the time and being open to learning like the technologies that are coming out are incredible like the 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 diabetic teams that we have now that are pushing for you know better treatment modalities better technologies closed loop systems we are so lucky to be alive in this kind of era because it's really really exciting like effectively in the very near future we're going to get an external pancreas that just sorts itself out um pretty much from what i can gather um so it's proving that anyone that living with diabetes or managing diabetes or living with anyone with diabetes that it just doesn't need to stop you and it's never you know it's not too late to try um and you'll surprise yourself like our bodies are incredible if you have this you can get this mindset where you our, our minds can overrule our bodies and in, in in they say when the body's done it's only about 40 percent done or 60 percent done or something there's another 40 percent to give um so yeah i just want to spread that message and i also really want to raise money for type one international they are a fantastic charity um making sure that um insulin and all the diabetic stuff that we need and probably take for granted a little bit um in order to survive um is is available globally and on a global scale and they're just such a fantastic team um i've connected with them a few times now they're really really supportive they're very very grateful and i just want to do um as much as i can for them um because i think what they're doing is absolutely fantastic i agree with you i've, I've met I can't remember her name now. It's a few years ago since I met her. Was it Elizabeth? Yeah, there's a Liz. Yeah, there's a few girls there now. But Liz is who I connected with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who who actually set it up and and, run, and founded it. And it's an incredible charity. They're doing some amazing things. And, of course, they're commendable mostly, well, not only for the work that they're doing, but because they won't take any money from pharma. Um that they're completely independent of that arm. And I think that that's just amazing. It um, is amazing because that's not easy. No. Um, so they've set themselves a big mission and made it perhaps even bigger by selecting their funding stream so that they remain independent. And that's just so commendable. Um, so I'd like to uh, get you to share your link and I'll put it on the blog that I'll create around this of how people can help you to raise funds for Type 1, the international. Um, I, I'm fully supportive of that mission. I think it's amazing. Um, and um, do you have it somewhere where not only people can actually donate, but you know the Type 1 community can actually come along almost and virtually cheer you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've just got a lady working on a website now, actually, which will be charlieschallengers.co.uk. Um, that's effectively going to be kind of like a blog site um, and with all updates and links for fundraising stuff and um, any events that I'm you know, going to try and put together. Um, but I hang out on Instagram and Facebook an awful lot. So on Instagram, I'm Charlie does the MDS. Uh, that's Charlie with an IE. 
uh, and on Facebook, I'm um, Charlie does the Marathon des Sables. Um, so uh, I can uh, send you those links and um, uh, people can connect there. And yeah, I just put like, you know, you, you'll, you'll get a giggle at my expense if, if nothing more, uh, because I'm fairly transparent on there and uh, put all sorts up. So, uh, but yeah, I'd love, I'd like any followers uh, that can come and uh, join in on my journey, um, send me their stories, you know, let's get some conversations happening and some interactions because I'm really all for that. The more people we can get talking about this and the more kind of followers and uh, exposures I, you know, exposure I can get, then uh, the more I can get my message out and the more uh, support that Type 1 International gets as well. So that's kind of the real big push. And um, yeah, it's very, very exciting, very exciting. Well, I, I wish you the very best of luck throughout your training. I'm sure we're going to connect again. Um, and I think we've got so much in common and I, I look forward to hearing updates about your training and as the time draws closer, then perhaps we can do another podcast and, you know, when, when you're ready. If you need any help or support from me, then let me know. Um, I'll do everything that I can that's in my power and also you know, share anything that we can to actually get the community behind you and cheering because I think that Get, getting those virtual cheers on these endurance events is probably priceless. I, I know when I spoke to um, Rodney Riddle about his journey on Marathon de Sable, he's also a fellow type one who did this. He was so encouraged by those uh, tweets and printouts that he was getting at the end of each day, and they were a real lift for him. So if we can actually get something going around that to help you, then I'm all for that. Um, and I, I really look forward to hearing more about that. Um, if there's um, anything else that you need from us, just let us know. Uh, I think your journey and your, your story is inspirational. It's massive. And I love the, the idea that ordinary people can do extraordinary things because I fit that bill exactly. You know, I'm not an athlete. I've never described myself as that. And I look back on the things that I've done and I see them as kind of normal. And then I talk to other people about it and they think that my, my, what I've done is incredible and I kind of think no <laughs> it really isn't and I, I get this kind of sense about you as well I mean the race to the stones I as a runner I know about it I've never entered it I'm kind of in awe of anybody that does and I'm even more in awe of people that actually complete even one stage of it um, so I think that's just amazing and congratulations well done on your journey so far and good luck Oh, Paul, that's really kind. Thank you so much. And yes, going back to the virtual cheers, my goodness, they are worth their weight in gold. Like when you get to that kind of everything hurts and the body is just saying stop, like it's those things that keep you going. And like one small sentence can like change a day when you're out in the desert, I'm sure. Uh, not that I've got experience of that, but I, you know, even just, you know, the, the two day stuff and the text that you get and you just get a glimpse of them on your phone when you're pulling it out to check your blood and you just think, oh my God. Yes, I can do this. <laughs> and it's that it makes an awful lot of difference. So, oh, gosh, I'm so grateful, Paul. Thank you very much. I'd love to come on again. Um, thank you very much for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to remaining connected. Yeah, thank you very much.